0: This is They Reminisce Over You. I'm Miguel.
1: And I'm Christina. We wanted to take a minute to make a small request of all our listeners. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, or Podchaser, leave us a five-star rating. You can also leave a review as well on Apple, Good Pods, and Podchaser. Ratings and reviews will help us with discoverability, and we want to get this out to as many like-minded folks as we can.
0: We want to get on the first page of these podcast apps.
1: And to move up on the charts as well. So help us get the
0: word out. Make sure to follow and interact with us on social media. We're at troy podcast on the gram and the bird also check out our website troypodcast.com it's where we post links to a lot of the things that we mentioned in the show as well as transcripts and themed playlists that supplement our episodes and more
1: thank you again for your support you ready to get into the show let's do it And we are back. This is They Reminisce Over You. I'm Christina.
0: And I'm Miguel. A couple weeks ago, we did an episode dedicated to first 50 years of hip-hop there was a lot to go over and a lot to cover so we had to break it up into two episodes
1: and we still won't be able to cover everything but we're just trying to do our best
0: we're only going to get about eight percent of it (laughs) (laughs) but we are back on this episode to pick up where we left off we finished up the golden era and on this episode we're going to start with what is known as the bling bling era through current day hip-hop so are you ready to dive in let's do it Okay, so for this episode, we're going to start in the year of 1997. The year was 1997.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> I didn't have any follow-ups. I will say, though, as you mentioned, this is the mainstream explosion, what people often call the bling-bling era, which has also made the expression bling-bling very annoying.
0: Well, you can't do anything about that now. It is what it is.
1: That's what happens when things go mainstream. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) So at this point, you have hip-hop people who are now becoming entrepreneurs. Rappers are now pop stars. Mm -hmm. And money is just going through the roof at this point. Yes. New York is no longer the center of hip-hop. It's expanded globally. So everybody has something to say at this point. Hip-hop stars are basically... What rock stars were in the 70s and 80s, they are the biggest thing going and have continued down that same path ever since, even through to today.
1: This is when excess becomes a thing.
0: (laughs) Yes, this is when. I mean,
1: it always was, but now they have some real money to back it up.
0: Yeah. Before this, you had a little bit of money.
1: He had some gold chains, but you still living with your grandma.
0: Yeah, it was a lot of projection, <laughs> like, from the 70s, 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. Now, you you got real money. Right. <laughs> like you're not leasing these cars now. You can buy one of them and lease the other ones. <laughs> right. And all of your jewelry is not fake, only half of it.
1: Them chains ain't hollow.
0: Yeah, they, they got a little <laughs> more weight on them now. Yeah. So you have, like, after the passing of Tupac and Biggie, mm-hmm a new crop of stars are starting to blow up.
1: Right. And everyone's kind of clamoring for the throne.
0: Yeah. So you have the Jay-Z's of the world. Mm -hmm. You got Diddy and everybody associated with bad boys still around. You've got people like Eminem coming up. Mm -hmm. Dr. Dre is still around. Ice Cube is still around. Ja Rule and Murder, Inc. are starting to make moves as well. So there's a lot of people that are vying for the, hip-hop throne so to speak
1: i knew that we had really hit this mainstream explosion because i remember just hearing "Hypnotize" being played out at like every car in Abbotsford, and you know i was listening to it my friends were listening to rap and stuff but it was just it wasn't like everybody right. <laughs> and i was just like man i'm hearing this song everywhere and it's not coming from my car <laughs> <laughs> And I remember one of my old classmates who used to make fun of me, you know, they always say, oh, you listen to that rap crap, which is hilarious that they thought that was clever, calling rap crap because it rhymes. But like the whole point of rap is to write clever rhymes and this is the best y'all can come up (laughs) with to say that this ain't real music, but yet you can't come up with a better rhyme than that. At all. (laughs) But anyway, the same kid who was harassing me for listening to that rap crap Came into HMV where I was working at the time and shuffled over to the cashier and gave me that no way out, puff daddy in the family CD. And I'm <laughs> like, course. oh, look who's buying this rap crap now. Oh, now you decide to get <laughs> on board. I see. I see. And I remember looking at him like, mm-hmm. and he just kind of like, Head down and gave it to me.
0: (laughs) Was he wearing a do-rag? He wasn't. Because that would have just made it even more spectacular.
1: (laughs) Who knows? Maybe he put one on, you know, after listening to it a couple times. But I was just like, I remember. I remember what you said (laughs) about my musical interests. And now look at you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not surprised at that at all. Because, like I said, this is when everything really started to blow up. Like MTV's playing it. You have multiple rappers who have gone on to become actors on television and in movies. Mm -hmm. Records are being sold by the ass load (laughs) at this point. And it seems like everybody's getting a record deal. Mm -hmm. If you were affiliated with anybody at a certain point in time, your entire crew was getting put on. So money was just flowing freely. You got rappers making million dollar videos. $2 million videos. The budgets for everything were just outrageous. Yes. And a lot of people took advantage.
1: And now people are getting record deals that probably shouldn't have got record deals. Like? (laughs) Well, your favorite, Silky Shocker.
0: Oh, (laughs) yeah. But you know what? I'll let that kind of nepotism Uh, slide. Yeah. He was part
1: of a Of uh, a group. (laughs) It wasn't some random record company that didn't know any better.
0: Yeah. Now, see, I would have a problem. Trying to put his people on. Yeah. I would have an issue (laughs) if it was a crew of people that weren't related and you just had one horrible rapper and you put (laughs) him on anyway. I would have a problem with that. But this is his brother. I'm going to get my brother some checks, too. So (laughs) I'll let that slide.
1: Even if you can't stand him.
0: I... Never liked Silk the Shocker. He ruined a lot of classic hip-hop songs, <laughs> Rapid it off beat.
1: Actually, I'm going to change what I said. Okay. There were more opportunities for people to put their people on. Let's yeah. put it that way. Even if maybe some of them didn't need to. Yeah. But there was that opportunity. They didn't necessarily have to go begging for deals from people who don't understand <laughs> right. what's going on. Like, don't understand the culture or the music.
0: <laughs> because... Everybody had their own record label at Mm -hmm. this point. So they were able to put on a lot more people. And instead of going to the labels for deals, they were just using the labels for distribution at this point. So you had bad boy. Death Row was barely hanging on after the death of Tupac, but they were still around. No limit. No limit. The
1: aforementioned (laughs) (laughs) no limit soldiers.
0: (laughs) No limit, which led to cash money a couple years later. Everybody had like a little click. Dre was starting over with Aftermath, Mm -hmm. with Eminem and 50 Cent. So there were all of these record labels that were generating a lot of money for a lot of people. The ice was flowing. The champagne was flowing. Yeah, Rappers were selling shoes. 50 Cent had his... Sports bras that he was selling.
1: (laughs) Sports bras
0: for men. (laughs) Sports bras for men.
1: I hated those (laughs) so much, even back then.
0: Those tank tops were terrible.
1: That cut. is (laughs) so weird.
0: But he had a a sneaker deal with Reebok.
1: Wait, wait, wait. I got to say one thing about those 50 cent tank tops. You know what I have to have to do? Well, the listeners won't be seeing, but remember little bow wow. Let me hold
0: you. (laughs) Oh, God.
1: Wearing that damn tank top. (laughs) (laughs) And being clowned years later by his own daughter.
0: Oh God!
1: Let me. <laughs> you.
0: Yeah, I'll let you have that moment. That, <laughs> that's all you. I forgot where I was going now.
1: Fifty had a shoe deal.
0: Yes, Fifty had a sneaker deal with Reebok. Jay Z had a sneaker deal with Reebok. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: <laughs> what about all the Rock Aware and all that stuff?
0: Birdman had a deal with Lugs. Oh. <laughs> Birdman <laughs> and Funkmaster Flex were selling Lugs. I remember those damn (laughs) lugs. Yes. uh, Rock Aware was selling clothing. Diddy was selling clothing with Sean John.
1: Mm, Baby Fat and Fat Farm. Yeah. Russell Simmons
0: had all the fat stuff going. So money was being made in all sorts of ways Mm -hmm. within hip hop, other than just getting on a mic and doing some rhymes.
1: Don't forget about them apple bottom jeans.
0: With the boots with the fur. <laughs> yes, Nelly was selling apple bottom jeans. <laughs> Everybody had their, their hands in something outside of just the music. Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of the money was coming from. I'm right. not going to lie. I had an Outcast clothing t-shirt. Actually, I had a couple of them now that I think about it.
1: I had a black velour Echo catsuit. I think it was Echo or was it Baby Fat? No, I think it was Echo. And I loved it. I believe you.
0: because i had a a bunch of fat farm i had the echo i had niche i had Rockaware.
1: i actually didn't have a lot of the like the hip-hop clothing line stuff but that's because i didn't have any money
0: see this is when i selective when i first started working yeah and i had my first credit card too so that was a deadly combination (laughs) so i had all the oversized t-shirts right size 44 jeans (laughs) that were twice as big as they should have been on me
1: oh man i was working at footlocker in i think 98 or something anyways and that was when fubu was getting really popular and i think that was the first time i saw like oversized clothing i'm like these t-shirts are huge (laughs) like you no longer had to buy double xls to make them bigger like you probably want to wear a medium
0: (laughs) yeah because even the mediums fit like double XLs. right
1: i'm like these t-shirts are huge (laughs) yeah
0: and with all of that said everything still comes back to the music though Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm just going through the list of things that came out in 1999. So you had the Slim Shady LP. You had Things Fall Apart by the Roots. So you have the I Am Album by Nas. Uh, who else is there? Rough Riders, Ride or Die of Volume 1, 1999, Nature's Fury, No Limit, Top Dog, Sound Bombing 2 on Ruckus Records. So there was a lot of hits that were still being made at this time.
1: Despite it being a lot more mainstream, there's still good music and not everything was quote unquote bling bling. Yeah. You still had some variety.
0: Yeah. There was a lot of variety <laughs> still, but the big names were just knocking it out of the park.
1: And don't forget a, a scrappy young rapper with how to rob.
0: Oh, <laughs> trying to
1: make himself known.
0: Yes. A uh, young Curtis Jackson.
1: I was looking, I don't know how that song just popped into my radar. Oh, I was just listening to a playlist of Trackmaster produced songs on Tidal. Okay. And this was on the list. So I was just listening to it again because I haven't heard it in like a million years. And it's just hilarious how he's like, I'm going to get it, everybody. <laughs> so, well, Wikipedia actually lists every single person that okay. he called out. I could read the entire list. It might take a second. <laughs> yeah, that's up to you. All right. Kim Porter and Diddy. Bobby Brown, Whitney Houston, Brian McKnight, Keith Sweat, Harlem World, Mace, ODB, Foxy Brown, Corrupt, Jay-Z, Case, Trackmaster, Slick Rick, Stevie J, Big Pun, Master P, Soak the Shocker, Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith, Timbaland and (laughs) Missy, Joe, Jermaine Dupree and the Brat, DMX, Tretch, DJ Clue, I don't know who TQ is, but. The line that he says to TQ is something along the lines like, I would rob you, but your single didn't do very well. So I guess (laughs) I'm not the only one who doesn't remember who that is. I know TQ. Okay. Raekwon, Ghostface, RZA, Sticky Fingers, Fraadro, Cannabis, Heavy D, Juvenile, Blackstreet, Boys to Men and Michael Bivens, Mike Tyson and Robin Givens, Mr. C, Buster Rhymes and Flipmold Squad, and even Kirk Franklin.
0: And see, that wasn't even enough to get him dropped. That's what got him the record deal. Exactly. That's crazy. That's got. That's what got him the deal, but doing ghetto Quran and getting shot is what got him dropped. <laughs> right? <laughs> They're like, you know what? You you might be a little too hot for us. So,
1: well, I guess because the song, even though some people did their little response records to it, it was more funny. Yeah, but getting shot wasn't funny. <laughs> yeah, I,
0: I don't even remember who responded to it other than Jay
1: Z. Uh, let's see.
0: That's the only one I remember. Is. I'm about a dollar. Who the fuck is 50, Ghostface, what the fuck yeah, is 50, 50 cent?
1: cents? Ghostface said something corrupt. Missy Elliott made a note in her liner notes. <laughs> she said, I don't know you that well, except when you told me to put them hot dogs down. Okay. I got on the treadmill for you, baby. Thanks for the remix.
0: Love ya. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wyclef, I, don't, Jean. I don't know any of the responses.
1: Yeah. I only remembered Jay-Z with the, what the fuck is 50 cents? Yeah.
0: That's the only one that mattered. <laughs>
1: So there were still a couple scrappy rappers. They weren't all swimming in champagne just yet.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there were still a couple brokies out there yeah. trying to get to that level. Yeah, And the yeah. irony of him being that big now right, <laughs> is just funny to me. Like now you're one of the targets. Mm-hmm. There's probably somebody that wants to come after you right now, but they don't even know that you used to rap. <laughs> they just think you're the guy on TV that's producing TV shows.
1: Yeah. Power? Is that
0: 50 show? I forgot now. Yeah, the the power series Series. of 80 different shows (laughs) and a couple movies that he's produced Mm -hmm. and acted in. So he's an actor now. He's doing his final lap tour (laughs) right now. He was just here last week. Mm -hmm. I saw a couple clips from the show. So what were you listening to in 97,
1: 98, 99? Um, Pretty much all the stuff that you just listed. Um, Nas, Jay-Z... Uh, I'm drawing a blank now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: Let me look up my list. Let's look at 1997. Camplo, Lo. Mm, Uptown Saturday Night came out in 1997. That's a good one. The Loonies. Oh, not lo- the, just Loonies. Life After Death came out. Wu-Tang. Capone and Noriega.
0: Of course you were.
1: <laughs> Beat Nuts. Lady of Rage. Missy Elliot. Missy Elliott. Bone Thugs. Oh, I don't think I was listening to this album that much. The Art of War. What songs are in these? Yeah, I wasn't really listening to this album that much. Okay. I was listening to Killer Army.
0: That's unfortunate. Yeah, I
1: was going through like this Wu-Tang and Affiliates deep dive.
0: <laughs> See, here's the thing. I would listen to like the main artists. I can't go five levels deep like that. <laughs> like maybe if you had one offshoot. I might listen to that one, but I'm not listening to the Dove Shack (laughs) just because I like Snoop Dogg.
1: Eh, It was a time.
0: (laughs) I I can't do that.
1: Oh, Common. One Day It'll All Make Sense also came out in 97. Mystical, even though we we can't listen to him anymore either, right?
0: (laughs) Mystical's trouble. (laughs) And the thing is, even if he wasn't out here diddling people.
1: Over and over again. Over and over again. And that's putting it lightly.
0: I probably wouldn't listen to much of it anyway, yeah. just because it, it's really dated. There's a lot of stuff from this era that I don't go back and listen to.
1: I was going to, we're, we're going to talk about this more in a future episode, but I'm all I'm going to say is 1997 had a very specific
0: sound, I think. Yeah, it did. And like I said, a lot of that stuff just doesn't work for me anymore. It was good for that time and maybe five years after, but Almost 20 years later, actually more than 20 years later, I I can't get into it like I used to.
1: There's stuff that I still listen to, but it's, it's like nostalgia music.
0: <laughs> yeah. And these are people that I like, uh-huh. but I ain't throwing on LL Cool J's Phenomenon album oh, today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't do that.
1: I think the main ones are sort of the titans that are still out here today, like Jay-Z, Outkast. Nas,
0: Wu-Tang, those kinds of artists. Right. Not putting on that MAC-10 based on a true story. That's you. Nah. <laughs> I'm not listening to that either. <laughs> like I said, there's a lot of stuff from that era that's just really dated and You're does not, not work to for das me. FX? Definitely not.
1: What about Fat Pat?
0: Uh, what song are we talking about?
1: Okay, so this is from 98. It depends
0: on the song. Like, if we're talking about, what's his name, DJ, DMD, 25 Lighters <laughs> with... Fat Pat, little well, Kiki. that
1: one yes. So
0: I, I'll play that. That
1: one can stay.
0: Yeah, but some album cuts from Fat Pat <laughs> probably not. <laughs> probably not. But twenty five lighters, I'm playing that.
1: Big pun, some big pun songs that can still. Uh, a couple of them. DMX, is Dark and Hell Is Hot." Well, this is ninety eight now. I'm looking at ninety eight
0: now. Same thing. A, a lot of songs I just can't listen to sonically anymore. It doesn't sound good to me anymore.
1: Yeah. So basically. So what I'm seeing here is the stuff that we were listening to in the mid to late 90s is stuff we're still listening to today.
0: Yes. (laughs) Not all of it. Not all of it, but there are
1: people who dominated or came out then are the people that we still listen to today most often.
0: Yes. Even if they're not making current music today. Right. Even though Redman just had something come out two days ago. I'll listen to that because it's Redman.
1: And you love Redman.
0: I do. No, I think <laughs> Redman's great.
1: great. Uh, I am not listening to Ja Rule. <sighs> I can't do it. I just, I could never shake. I'm sure people have opinions about this, but I think I could never shake the, the DMX 2.0 feel to him.
0: Yeah, I could see that. But he made better songs in terms of songs that are more pleasant to listen to. <laughs> yes. Rather wow. than...
1: I'll take DMX over Ja Rule any day, though.
0: <laughs> the danger and despair of... I'm slipping.
1: Falling, yeah. Can't get up. He had some, you know, y'all gonna make me lose my mind. He has some
0: upbeat. Yeah, but <laughs> e- even that song is aggressive. It is. like It sounds like it's a How party it's going down? And it's called Party Up, but it's still <laughs> <laughs> some horrible shit well, happening.
1: You were dancing to Nelly talking about drive-bys.
0: See, that's different, though. <laughs> That's an old nursery rhyme that he's singing. All
1: right. I think we're getting off off topic. We're way off topic. (laughs) All right. Let me stop looking at this list. So back to this bling bling era. Yes. So as we were saying, there was a lot of excess, a lot of money flowing, but there was still room for music now. We're talking about 97 to like 2006. Yeah. So I think for me, this is kind of where I was slowly losing interest in newer music. I didn't realize it at the time. And I think this makes sense because of the next era that we're going to go into. So from 2006 on can be known as the blog era. Okay. The internet. And we've, we've said this in previous episodes before. When the internet became more like commonly used, a couple things changed is technology lowered the barrier of entry. Yeah. So it was easier for people to put music out. And it was also easier for us to consume only the things we wanted to. Yeah. So whereas before we had to take a chance on buying a whole album, even if we only heard one or two singles.
0: Yeah, and at this time, a lot of the TV shows were no longer on the air, like Rhapsody and Yo! MTV Raps Mm -hmm. were gone and fading out at this time, and it's more TRL, 106, and park-driven. Even though those two networks were owned by the same people, Mm -hmm. everything was kind of being conglomerate, or that's not a word, conglomeratized, (laughs) but a lot of companies were merging and coming together. A monopoly. Yeah, they were being monopolized by a handful of companies. So everything that was being played on the radio coast to coast was starting to sound the same because a lot of these stations in these cities were owned by the same company. Power 106 is playing the same playlist as Hot 97, which shouldn't have been happening. L.A. and New York shouldn't be playing the same music Mm -hmm. at the same time. So it was a lot of that that we were being force fed all the same stuff without like local acts being put into the mix either.
1: And I think also the availability of it. So before, if you wanted something, you had to like save money to go buy it or you had to like go find it. And so you really had to like something to make that effort. Whereas when you can just download something on Napster or, I mean, as streaming started to come into play and stuff, you'd just be like, eh, that song's okay. Sure, I'll download it. Like, it's just so easy to listen to stuff. And now you're sort of just like, your interest is more passive?
0: Well, for me, during this time, I wasn't going out of my way to listen to new stuff either. Mm -hmm. I was just listening to new stuff by the people that I already liked. Right. So me listening to a newer artist was very rare at this time. Yeah. I might listen to a Rick Ross because I liked what he was doing, but I'm not going to listen to Obie Trice, for instance. (laughs) Like He's affiliated with people that I listen to, but I'm not going to waste my time trying to get into Obie Trice after I've given it more than like two or three songs and it didn't work for me.
1: I think during this time, the only artist that I would add to like my roster of favorites is Kendrick Lamar. There are other artists that you know I like like some songs or whatever, but I don't have any personal connections or like I don't feel anything. It's just something catchy, and it's funny to say that the only new artist I like is Kendrick because he's been in the game for like (laughs) over ten years now. Right? We've talked about newer rappers that we like, but they sound like artists that I already like
0: (laughs) right yeah I can't think of anybody outside of like Kendrick Lamar or Mm -hmm. J. Cole or even Lupe Fiasco Mm -hmm. J. Electronica just a handful of people that have come out since like 2005 2006 that I consistently listen to whenever they release something it's a small handful yeah and there's a lot of people that I should like but I just can't get into him for whatever reason and probably never will because <laughs> yeah. we're like 10 years in now and right. I can't. You can't get- just
1: jump on the Drake bandwagon now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I- I've tried to get into Drake, but it just doesn't work for me. And yeah. I'm not going to say that Drake sucks or mm-hmm. Drake is whack. It just doesn't do anything for me.
1: I mean, you know, him being from Toronto and also obviously it was like, oh, Who's this hometown hero on the rise? So I remember when the buzz started coming out around him and I had a friend who was trying to put me on <laughs> to Drake. And I, I was just like, I don't know. I, it doesn't work for me. There is one album of his that I actually listened to more than once. But I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just my age where... Because I think definitely your age does make a difference in discovering new interests in general. And that includes music. Now I'm the one who is like, oh, you kids and your music. (laughs) (laughs) Even though it's the same genre, I think it's enough time has passed that it's the next generation's time.
0: It is, but I can't concede that fact because the stuff that I'm starting to get into now, like I'm talking in the past two or three years, I really do like. And most of them are women. There are a few, like, male artists that I I do mess with of of this newer crop, and I guess we're moving on (laughs) to, like, the the current day of of rapper.
1: Actually, let's not move on yet, because we barely even talked about, like, how the blogs change things, or, like, why is technology a good and bad thing?
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Let's go back a little bit.
0: All right. I will let you take that.
1: So... Do you think it's just because with all these blogs and now the, the people are driving, I guess, like what's popular and having more access to actually releasing music means having more variety. Why is having more variety a bad thing? Like, isn't that what we liked about hip hop when it started to expand out of New York? What is it about technology that kind of changed that?
0: There's too much of it. When we were getting, 30 to 50 albums a year, Mm -hmm. there was more that we could actually sit and listen to. Mm -hmm. But if you're getting 50 albums a week being released, there's too much. Yeah. Like you can't listen to everything. Do you think
1: that kind of dilutes it? Because even if there's more albums being made, shouldn't the quote unquote good ones rise to the top?
0: They should, but because there's too many to weed through, you probably won't even find that good album. That's been the biggest issue since like the late 90s, moving into the mid 2000s with like Napster and LimeWire and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. When people were able to just pick a song from here and there, which then leads to blogs, curating things. Mm -hmm. Now technology has allowed anybody being able to make music from wherever they are. Like if you have a a smartphone, you can make an album. Today. And that just gives us too many options to choose from. And most of it that we do get to hear is shit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, I shouldn't say most of it that we hear is shit. Most of it that I hear is shit. And that makes me not want to look further. Right. If that makes any sense, because like I don't know where to look. And there's too much to weed through. And there's too much to weed through. So it has to be something that's really good that comes off of a recommendation of somebody I trust.
1: Yeah. I think as with any new technology, when it gets introduced, it starts off as a good thing. Yeah. Cause I think lowering that barrier of entry is actually a good thing it for is. people who don't live in New York or yeah. you don't have a friend who knows somebody who could, you could get a demo tape into their hands. Right. So in that sense, it's good. And I think at the beginning that open doors for people who might not have had that chance. Yeah.
0: It levels the playing field Yeah, and you don't have to fight through 300 other people right. to try and get your demo to an A&R.
1: And you also have the opportunity to own more of your stuff too. Yeah. If you can just release stuff or do stuff as independently right. as possible. We won't get into it too much since we can only say so much <laughs> in one episode, but listening to the blog era podcast by, um, why did I just forget their names? It's um, The Real. It's The Real. I definitely recommend listening to that to understand this whole advancement in technology and how it started as a good thing of like, oh, now the people have a say in what we want and then how it turned into something else.
0: Yeah, see, I was good with it then because as you said, it gave people an opportunity to have their music heard in a lot of cases, they probably wouldn't have been able to. Right. Like they could go directly to somebody who had a blog and say, hey, can you post this?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The downside of that is anybody can go to someone on a <laughs> blog and say, hey, can you post this? Or if they don't post it, they just put it up on their SoundCloud or whatever or put it on YouTube mm-hmm. and it may not be good. Right. Like I, th- I think there needs to be some sort of balance. Even though we can't put that genie back in the bottle of there being some sort of gatekeepers, like, I don't think everybody yeah, Even the a
1: and people who are supposed to be A&Rs are like on Twitter, like, hey, y'all, who are you listening to? And it's like, yeah. that's your job.
0: Like, that's what you're <laughs> supposed to be doing. Yeah. But we can't take that back anymore. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to take away people's opportunities mm-hmm. to be whatever they want to be and make the money they want to make. But there has to be a better way for the excellent rappers and performers to be pushed. And we don't have to search as hard to find them.
1: Yeah, I think the blog era was twofold, like we just said. It definitely helped some people, but it ushered us into what hip hop and rap music is like today. So there's two things that I think I'm seeing today is sort of the runoff of technically anybody can do it now. So on one hand, a lot of it feels like a popularity contest where if you're just a person that's really good with social media or like getting people to follow you and stuff that you can just make whatever music and people will just like it because they like you. It's like the, the yeah. cult of personality rather than people not knowing anything about you, but they just love the music. Now it's like. Get popular first and then release music. Right. And also, again, we've said this many times before, the loss of regionality because everyone is like the Internet is the world now. Yeah. So aside from maybe like your hometown accent, a lot of the music, in my opinion, sounds the same. But as you were saying, there's a lot of like, I'm not sure why this happened or how this happened, but a lot of the, the rappers running the game now are women. So that's, yeah. that's a good thing.
0: It is, this is probably the best time in hip hop history for women Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of them that are on the charts and making a lot of music that's actually selling. Whereas before it would only be two, three, Mm -hmm. maybe four at a time. Mm -hmm. Now the majority of the rap acts that are doing well are women. Right.
1: So I'm not really sure. Sure. Hey, why not? I guess maybe we don't. I'm
0: not going to question it. I'm just going to take it. <laughs> it's something that's been a long time coming. Yep. And I'm okay with it.
1: I don't want to regurgitate too much of what we talked about in our previous episode about new hip hop. What was the episode called? We'll link to it.
0: New hip hop for old niggas. Oh. Or something like that.
1: <laughs> new hip hop for old heads. Yes. <laughs> I think something like that.
0: Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I knew it was something like right. that. I-, I wanted to name it that, but I decided not to. <laughs>
1: But basically, we had talked about like a lot of the newer male rappers being like Lil Wayne's children. <laughs> yeah. And so I think maybe because, at least for me, a lot of the male rappers are doing like that sing song and rap. And I I wasn't really a huge fan of Lil Wayne. I'm not going to be a, a fan of his like his offshoots. Yeah. Whereas I find that the women are trying to be like rapity rap, like the rap we listen, grew up right. listening to. And that's probably why I personally like the women rappers more because they're like rapping yeah, instead of just like auto-tune singing. But also because we're old now, people in our age range are having children who are late teens, early 20s. As much as there's older rappers now, the ones who have been around since the early wave still making music, it's still a young person's game. So you got this new crop of young rappers whose parents are basically us. Yeah. So now the music they're making, while it's new music, it sounds more along the lines of stuff we grew up listening to. Right. Because their parents are us, and they grew up listening to what their parents listening to. Exactly. Now they're getting those influences. So this new crop might be going back a little bit.
0: Yeah. And like I mentioned in the last episode, everything in hip hop tends to be on a five to 10 year cycle. Mm Mm-hmm. And we're coming up on like 10 years of blogs being gone. And it's kind of cycling around back to where we started from. Right. At least on the side with the women. And there's still a few dudes that are out there doing the rap without the auto tune and the yeah melodic rapping along with <laughs> the singing and whatnot. Yeah. So it's starting to come back around to that. So, I'd say in the next five years or so, we're probably gonna end up back where we started. Mm-hmm. The production's gonna be different because you can't really sample like you did in the 80s and 90s. The laws have shut that shit down, <laughs> and people don't wanna pay for samples really in this day and age. Although there is a lot of sampling. The sampling that's happening now, they're sampling, like, the rappers that we were listening right.
1: to. Right, or, like, the R&B, like, they're sampling SWV now. <laughs>
0: yeah, so they're not sampling the original artist. they're sampling the sample. Right. Which is funny, I saw an interview with Prince saying that 20 years ago, like, at some point, we're going to start sampling the samples, and that's where we are. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that, but.
1: You're just saying the production will be different.
0: Yeah, I think the production will be different. Yeah. So it won't be as DJ Premier, Pete Rock, Dr. Dre RZA type beats. Mm-hmm. But I think the rap will be that way. Like the lyrics will, are going back in that direction.
1: Um, for a while, I was just like, ah, maybe I'm just too old for this shit. But rap and hip hop has always been seen as like a young person's genre. But since it's young enough that the pioneers are still here, now we get to see it as music for people of different ages. Yeah. And now I'm like, you know what? I'm not too old to listen to this. Not it's just lot. there's definitely some that is not for me and is for young people. <laughs> but back then I didn't think I'd be like, you know, forty something still listening to, to rap music. <laughs> like, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like it seemed like young people's music. Yeah. One of the documentaries we watched. Nelly said something like, pretty soon rappers are going to be 50 years old. (laughs) And that's pretty much him now. Like, I don't know exactly how old he is.
0: Uh, Late 40s. 40s. I don't think he's 50 yet, but he's creeping up on it. He's in the neighborhood. over
1: 50. Jay-Z is over 50. And can't forget the game going, you're 38 and you're still rapping. Ugh. Now look at him.
0: He's 15 years past that (laughs) point.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And so it's interesting to see hip hop getting old and still staying young at the same time.
0: Yeah, it's 50 years old. And (laughs) this is the first time we've had the opportunity to see rappers get old. Yeah. And still be able to perform. Like when rappers got old in the 90s, you just never heard from them again until (laughs) Nas would do a Where Are They Now type record. (laughs) But Nas at 50 or 51 or whatever he is, is still putting albums out. Dodds have put out like six albums in the past three weeks. (laughs) (laughs) All right, not that many, but he's had two albums a year for at least three years now. Jay-Z has put out an album a couple years ago, post-50. Right. You have other rappers in their late 40s who are just as good now as they were 20 years ago and still being able to go out on tour and perform at a high level. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to see Wu-Tang and Nas and De La Soul in a couple months. Right. And LL Cool J next week. So these are people who are grandfathers.
1: (laughs) Literally.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And they're still performing at a high level.
1: And then the music is still as relevant and popular as ever that you still have these 20-somethings making new music. Yeah.
0: So it's not going anywhere.
1: So not bad for a fad.
0: Yeah, something that was supposed to be gone in five years.
1: And we didn't even talk about how hip-hop music is more than just music. Like, the culture influenced things. I mean, we touched on it a little bit with all the the clothing and stuff, but, like, movies.
0: Yeah, movies, TV um, shows. yeah. Like I said in the intro of the first episode, it dictates the way we live. right? Like, the way we speak, the words we use, the phrases we use Mm -hmm. is all rooted in hip-hop. And that's with everything, the way we dress, our hairstyles, our clothes. It's all Mm hip-hop. I used to think KRS-One was a madman (laughs) 30 years ago when he was running around talking about I Am Hip-Hop. I remember him saying that at some point the president will have a KRS-One CD (laughs) in his house. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Nikki, you crazy. (laughs) I'm sure Barack Obama was listening, to. I'm sure. Love's going to get you in the White House. <laughs>
1: and you know what's crazy is Biggie said this back in like 90, what, six or something. Who thought that hip hop would take it this far as no, like that? was
0: 94.
1: 94. And it's like when he said that, that wasn't even close to where
0: it is. Now. Yeah.
1: You're like, this far? This ain't even far. This is no. like a third of the way there.
0: <laughs> that was the tip of the iceberg because we are coming up on 30 years past that right. statement. And there's no sign of it slowing down anytime soon. Mm -hmm. I'm here for it because I can't wait to go see Jay-Z performing when I'm 70. (laughs) (laughs) I want to see him perform. Uh, I just want to love you. (laughs) (laughs) At Caesar's Palace when I'm 75, you can Mm -hmm. just roll him out in the wheelchair. And let him sit on a stool and perform Takeover.
1: <laughs> the acoustic version. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no nah, I, I don't no, want the acoustic won. version. I want the same thing. Okay. And I want the Kanye produced version of Takeover <laughs> with his gray wig on <laughs> and a cane. And Blue Ivy got to help him come out on stage.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Blue Ivy's kid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Probably. Probably.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I think it's definitely changed my view of what being old means <laughs> in general. <laughs> like when I was young, you know, being like 40 something whatever, that felt so old.
0: That's because and I'm going to say this is because of hip hop too.
1: Yeah. Cuz look at a 40 the...
0: year old today uh-huh. is not as old as a 40 year old in 1980. Mm-hmm. Because for instance, Sherman Hemsley that played George Jefferson. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. You saw how he looked, right? Right. He was like 37.
1: That's, that's crazy.
0: <laughs> when he was playing George Jefferson.
1: That's no, no way. <laughs> so I he was like in People his
0: 50s. in the 70s and 80s at the age that we are now looked a lot older <laughs> than they actually were.
1: Yeah. Like, okay, you know how every time Method Man does something, he ends up trending on Twitter because everyone's thirsting over him. Yes. And I have to be like, girl, I've been looking at Method Man <laughs> since 93. You're new <laughs> to this game, right? But it's crazy because... Like, even, like, our favorite rappers and stuff, they all, like, basically look the same yeah. with some gray. Right. And so, like, did the music keep us young?
0: <laughs> I think hip-hop is the fountain of youth. <laughs> because, like I said, if you look at a 40-year-old in 1982 mm-hmm. and a 40-year-old today, they are not the same person <laughs> at all.
1: Definitely not. Because
0: I'm just thinking it back now, and I'm doing the math in my head
1: mm-hmm.
0: of when my grandmother was in her 50s, right. how she looked. Mm-hmm versus how my mom looked at the same age
1: and how you look you're pushing 50 (laughs) yeah
0: and how I look versus other people at the same age
1: see me just saying you're pushing 50 I had to like in my head and I was like wait are you (laughs) yes Yeah, you just turned 48 old man exactly
0: (laughs) so I say just the music itself is keeping us young Mm -hmm. and yeah Hip-hop is the fountain of youth, and I'm going to stick to that. All
1: right. I think that's a good place to end it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hip-hop is the fountain of youth.
1: Oh, there was so much more I wanted to say, but you know what? We committed to one episode, which turned into two episodes. I think we're just going to, don't be mad at us for not, oh, y'all didn't talk about this, y'all didn't talk about that. Maybe we'll have to have a new podcast to just talk about this, but I think that's a good place.
0: Yeah, the only way to accurately (laughs) talk about Fifty years of hip hop is to do a deep, deep, deep a dive. podcast <laughs> only on that.
1: Yeah, you like you what? can't
0: do this in two hours, right?
1: Well, maybe it we'll, can't be done. Maybe we'll have to do another one, and we we'll, can explore like one year at a time. <laughs> right,
0: <laughs> right. Yep. All right. So on that note, we're gonna wrap everything up here because it's getting hot, and I want to turn this AC back <laughs> on but thank you for listening to they reminisce over you we do this every two weeks so you can well we probably won't have one two weeks after this one because we're going to be going to some concerts and doing some traveling so we'll see the summer times kind of hit and miss for us but <laughs> in the fall we'll be back on a consistent every two weeks schedule
1: i think this one will be isn't this one going to be out in September? I don't know. I yeah, look. this
0: one will be out in September, but I can't guarantee oh, there the will rest be one. September. <laughs> two weeks after this. We'll see.
1: Okay, yeah, just, we'll, just make sure you subscribe.
0: Yeah, make sure you stay subscribed. Mm. Uh, follow us on all the social medias. We're at Troy Podcast everywhere. So even if you're bringing MySpace back, we probably have a <laughs> <laughs> Troy Podcast page there as well. Wasn't
1: Solange trying to bring MySpace
0: back? No, that was Black Planet. Oh, yeah, we do have a black planet page I haven't been on it in three years since I created it but it exists so at Troy podcast everywhere uh, you can sign up for our newsletter it comes out once a month that's at Troy dot com slash newsletter
1: get something fun in your email for once
0: yes and it doesn't pop up every day it's only once a month so you can go ahead and handle that you can afford it too because it's free <laughs> uh, if you want to buy some merch you can do that as well go to tfang.com nothing but a tea is our store that's t-e-e-t-h-a-n-g.com get a t-shirt get a hat get a backpack mug all it's sorts of backpacks. shit okay so you can't get a backpack I could add one. <laughs> but you can get other stuff <laughs> go check it out buy your mama something for her birthday check out our playlists as well we have playlists for all of our episodes well most of our episodes and we'll have one for this one as well so make sure to check that out it's
1: probably gonna be six hours long
0: i'm looking at like 12 hours on it
1: (laughs) you could play it for the week
0: yes you can play it for your entire work week that's what i'm trying to do for you make sure to check out those playlists as well we'll link to some of the interviews and documentaries that we watched that talk about the 50 years of hip-hop is there anything else that i'm forgetting i'm sure there is but
1: um i don't know we can put it in the footnotes
0: (laughs) yeah it'll be in the footnotes go to the website hit us up on social media buy some merch leave a review rate us five stars and yeah tell a friend to tell a friend tell a friend to tell a friend and come back and listen in a couple weeks all right we out